1: You
2: got Ramo yet? Yeah. What's so, up, y'all? Welcome on into the Govalls 24 7 podcast. Wes Rucker and Patrick Brown coming to you from Farrowfield here in Columbia, Missouri, where, Pat, for the second consecutive season, Tennessee has gone into a city named Columbia in the month of November. And i uh, trying to think of a nice way to say it. Dropped a turd burger. to the Vols wore one today at the expense of Missouri. Not a good game, one that Tennessee was fortunate in some ways to hang around in for a while. And Mizzou kind of kept asking Tennessee to kind of stay in the thing and and make a push and maybe even commit some highway robbery there, but Tennessee just never was going to do it.
1: Yeah, Wes, it was – it's hard to find many bright spots in this game uh, when you lose this badly. Um, And like you said, you know, it could have been a lot worse. This was still the largest margin of defeat. For Tennessee under Josh Heupel, 29 points. The previous was 28, his first season against Alabama. So, um, yeah, it's – and you could tell Heupel was pretty down after the game. He's usually not very talkative after losses, and and he certainly was not in a chatty mood after this one. Just um, just disappointing all around, I mean, the offense has – three turnovers, a lot of self-inflicted wounds, uh, just doing stuff that'll get you beat. And the defense just simply could not get off the field. They could not stop the run. Tennessee went into this game with the best rushing offense in the SEC and the best run defense in the SEC. And neither of those things showed up. And you know, Missouri was the was the better team. They were the dominant team. And um, that's what the scoreboard reflected at the end of it. So um, it, it's it's tough to... to for Tennessee, you know, you had SEC East implications here, and mm-hmm. that was the stated goal for this program going into the season. To lose it like you did in such a, you know, bad fashion. If you'd won here, and, and Georgia wins, then maybe you could have pointed back to to Florida and Alabama and some things that went wrong in that game. But uh, instead, you can point to everything going wrong uh, in this game as uh, the reason why you you are out of Atlanta with two games to go, and um, and now you're probably staring at eight and four. Uh, let's just be honest; it's tough to see. You know, there's been crazier one-week turnarounds in the sport. You know, we can look at South Carolina last season when they no showed against Florida and they beat Tennessee. Um, but Georgia's just on another level right now, and you know, it, Tennessee's going to have to play a hell of a lot better if they're ever going to come close and get that game in the fourth quarter next week.
2: Yeah, the good news for Tennessee there is, though, the game will be at Neyland Stadium where Tennessee's got one of the longest active winning streaks in the country, and uh, it's a home game. Tennessee, uh, this gets back to to maybe semantics, I don't really consider Kroger Field in Lexington a road venue for Tennessee historically. It's just not. Even though there's more Kentucky fans now and it's not quite like the 50-50 fan split that we've seen there in the past, it's still just a place where Tennessee is never uncomfortable. And my point there is, if you take that game out of the equation, this is about the fifth consecutive just wretched performance for Tennessee on the road. In this game, when things go against them away from Neyland Stadium, They do not respond. They just don't. And and I don't know – usually we kind of split this up into, like, good news, bad news segment. Aside from punter Jackson Ross, there is no good news from this game. Uh, It was – even when something went well, the one play where Tennessee looked really good in this game, Dante Thornton Jr. goes down with an ankle injury. He's leaving this game on crutches. He does not return. And and so I think if you want to – Two of those turnovers for Tennessee's offense came late in the game. I think it was mostly decided at that point. For me, it starts with the defense uh, because there's nothing, in my opinion, the offense for Tennessee – and feel free to disagree. There's nothing that Tennessee's offense did in that game, to me, that is worse than Tennessee's third-down defense. 11 of Mizzou's first 16 third-downs on offense were converted. You are never going to win a football game doing that.
1: No, and and yeah, I, I would agree with you. I mean, Tennessee's offense made enough mistakes to lose this game on its own. When you couple that in with how bad the defense was, uh, couldn't stop Cody Schrader, didn't cover him sometimes. I mean, um, each level of the defense, you go go one by one, and it was it's bad. I mean, there's nothing there's nothing even positive to take from it. You know, the defensive line gets pushed around. Pass rush got home three times. I think they ended up with three sacks, but. Um, those are coverage sacks and you know when Tennessee blitzed it didn't get there they let Brady Cook get out of the pocket all day long knew that was a big point coming in Um.
2: it was the one thing you really couldn't do against this offense you could let Schrader get some yards that's okay you can let Burden's going to make a couple big plays in most games when he's healthy that's okay you cannot let Cook get out of the pocket. Yeah, if you let Cook get out of the pocket, you're going to lose to Missouri.
1: Yeah, and the pass rush was was not there. The linebackers were non-existent on some plays. Just got out of gaps. Um, you know, and when you get out of gaps, you you. I mean, we've seen it with Tennessee's offense. You know, they they're able to play guys out of gaps or get guys blocked on the second level and at least a lot of success on the ground. Secondary had some busts, had some guys they just turned loose, missed some tackles, bad angles. The play at the end of the first half where Brandon Turnage just. You know, Jalen McCall is not in position. Turner takes a bad angle, and they let a 40-yard run. I mean, that's three points right there. I mean, that's Mizzou,
2: Mizzou didn't take a knee there, but <laughs> the second most conservative thing you can do, the most conservative thing you can do is take a knee. The second most conservative thing you can do is run an off-tackle play, which is what yeah. Missouri did, and it gets 40 freaking yards across midfield and lets one of the best kickers in college football well within his range to kick a field goal.
1: Yeah, and I apologize for everyone listening My my – I have a tickle in my throat. It's November. It's what it is. It's November
2: uh, in the state of Missouri. <coughs> Everyone's coughing, bro.
1: I'm trying, uh, but I apologize. Uh, there's not a cough button on this microphone. Anyways, no one cares to hear about my issues. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it <clears throat> when you don't get off the field on third down, that's why That's why Missouri had an 11-minute drive. Um, you know, Tennessee was able to get off the field at the end of that one, but it was a kind of a preview of what was to come. I mean, they couldn't stop the run, couldn't get off the field, um, you know, had penalties at times that, that weren't great. Uh, and you know, it, it, it Tennessee's defense is let's 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 cool it a little bit on the fire Tim Banks stuff. I mean, this defense was really good all season. This was defense was the third best defense in the SEC statistically going in this game, third scoring defense, averaging uh, giving up 18 points a game.
2: No small thing when you're on the field as much as they right. tend and, to
1: be. You know, technically, they didn't give up more than 30 points in this game either because there was a defensive score adding to the 36 point total. but. I mean, I'm not trying to polish this turd, but I'm just saying, you know, they were third in the NCC in, the in, in total defense. The most yardage they had given up was 444 to Kentucky. Uh, they gave up 530, I think, today. 300-plus of it came from Cody Schrader, who was outstanding. Um, you can't – I always say you can't let uh, the other team's best player beat you. Now, Luther Burden might be Missouri's best player, probably is, but he wasn't healthy today. Um, and so with him not being 100% you could tell early on, Cody Schrader took the game over and Tennessee just had no answer for him um, that's on players for not making plays that's on coaches for not adjusting and finding a way I mean at some point you just gotta kind of throw everything to the wall and, and try to make something happen at least and Tennessee just kind of continued to well, let it happen and, and you know, again this was this was Tennessee's by far I think their worst defensive performance of the season um, and they're gonna need to bounce back quickly with, with Georgia coming in and, and we'll see if it's a End of season kind of trend, or if it's just sort of a, a one-off, which is what you know Banks wanted to call the South Carolina game. You brought that up earlier. You know he pointed that one last season as the anomaly. Is this going to be the anomaly? Or are they going to have another bad game next week? We'll just have to wait and see.
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't think you would bank them to have a great game uh, against against Georgia right now. But 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 it's to me the the stuff with 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 Schrader, his rushing yards. Yes, he had a big day rushing the ball. Tennessee had the number one ranked rush defense in the SEC, so that's a big disappointment. To me, what was shocking, though, what was absolutely shocking was how open he was when he caught the football. Tennessee, if you are going to rush a little bit and not get home, you've at least got to cover up on the back end if you're not applying a lot of pressure. And there were times where Cook – I mean, Cook had this game on a string, and he played really well, and I don't want to take a thing away from him. But any time that pocket was collapsing – He could get out of it. And more than that, he could either run into comically open space or throw to a comically open wide receiver. It's not like these were just tremendous schematic things Mizzou was doing. I don't think so anyway in order to do this. Tennessee was just leaving space after space after space after space. And Tennessee's an offense that likes to play in space. So Tennessee should know really well when you let an offense get in space, it's going to hurt you. And the amount of times that guys were so open, that stuff we're, we're used to seeing on the other side. That stuff we're used to seeing Tennessee scheme guys that open or always have answers. Mizzou had an answer for every question Tennessee asked in this game, and it wasn't that many questions. And every time Mizzou asked a question, Tennessee didn't have an answer.
1: Yeah, I mean, in, in terms of Missouri's offense, everything they did worked. I mean, some of their basic stuff, some of the stuff they did that was – <clears throat> maybe a little bit different. I mean, there was one play in the first half where just he dropped eight into coverage and they still left a guy that was running a motion. I don't even know if he's probably fifth option on the play. They, nobody covered him. I mean... You
2: got eight covering four or five, you ought to be all right.
1: The, the you know, early first drive of the third quarter, they don't even, um, you know, they, they let a guy just run right down the field. He didn't run a double move or anything. He just took off. And I don't know if Danico Slaughter thought it was cover three and he'd have safety help or if Wesley Walker thought it was cover four or... Uh, Walker got his eyes in the wrong spot and, and had his attention on the post in the middle of the field. And, but you just can't let – I mean, that that guy was almost as open as Ramel Keaton was last week against UConn. You just can't have that. I mean, that's – got to make teams earn it. And, Cook couldn't even throw
2: the ball far enough to get it to right. him anywhere near in stride. The kid had to come back like 12, 15 yards for the ball.
1: Right. And, I mean, just nothing nothing went well on defense. They're all probably going to get Fs. Every level is going to get Fs on the report card on Monday. But I had somebody ask me about that on the checkerboard. Everyone can relax. The entire defense is getting Fs. Um, Other than maybe some red zone holds, it's really hard to find anything positive on on that side of the football.
2: Yeah. To me, one of the more telling plays in the game, and it came a little bit toward garbage time, but but Burden's touchdown there in the fourth quarter, because to that point, there's six – and a half minutes left in the game or six minutes left in the game. Tennessee is still down just two possessions and Mizzou still is in field goal range, but that's a long field goal. You never know what's going to happen. You get a stop there. We've seen weirder things. Tennessee is still very much in that football game. And on that play, Danico Slaughter took a route that if I lived to be 300 years old, I would not understand. And I'm not singling out any one player. I'm just saying that's the one player I remember from that that play where he took an angle toward Burden, that, I mean, I, I don't. He left Burden the whole sideline, and a guy like that, even on no good ankles, is going to be able to score on that kind of play because he's that kind of a competitor and that kind of an athlete. There's just little things. I don't know what it is, but when they go on the road, they just they don't have it. They don't have it. Mizzou. You could argue to me there, there there's no shame in losing this game. If you lose this game anything in single digits. There's enough variance or enough similarities between these two teams in talent, plus you're on the road. I would I'd say you know what? That sucks for Tennessee, but that's okay. On no surface, on no in no stadium, on no planet should Tennessee lose by 29 points to that team. It should not happen. And for Tennessee to get where it wants to be, it has to make that a crystal clear understanding and an expectation for everyone in the program. You do not come to Missouri and get your ass kicked by thirty points. You don't do
1: it. Well, Tennessee doesn't worry about playing Missouri for next next season at least, maybe beyond. Uh, We'll see. We don't know when the next time we're going to come back to the stadium is, which is not going to. I'm not going to lose any sleep over it tonight. I'm not going to get much sleep tonight anyway. But five thirty a.m. flight, bug, We're not sleeping. Yeah, I mean. I'm gonna sleep. Don't wake me up. Um, I'm not gonna. But uh, you know, yeah. I mean, it's it's again, uh, it, it's tough because so many. It's so easy to overact, re, overreact in the sport, sure. and, and this is bad. There's no sugarcoating it. There's nothing, you know. There's nothing good coming from this game for Tennessee. Um, but if they go out and get blown out by Georgia next week, then you know they they they'll there'll be bigger issues at that point. Um, because you'll have two late-season games where you've just been not competitive. Um, and Tennessee had chances to be competitive in this game, and they just made the kind of mistakes to get you a 36-7 loss. Um, and, and, you know, they got a couple bad breaks. You know, the two holding penalties were crap. I mean, it's first and goal to five if, if you know, if, if holding was called at all consistently I don't, in this I can't, game. I, I
2: can't remember the last time on a play where I saw two different players flag for holding, and I'm not positive either one was actually I don't holding. think
1: either of them was. I mean, Jacob Warren didn't even grab the guy. I mean, he's had his arms outside, but he didn't hold him. I mean, he, I mean, and then Squirrel White just put his guy on the ground. It was a good block. It was a block that they're probably going to point out in film and say, this is how you block right here. Um, and that was a big play in the game because late in the third quarter, I think, or maybe early fourth, I couldn't remember when that was. I mean, it's a one-score game. It changes how the game is played. To use a, a Josh Eibel phrase, but um, and then they're driving and they have the fumble where where Milton hits is going to throw and uh, hits Dylan Sampson, who's getting ready to take a handoff. And, and Milton said after the game. He's just got to clear clear the back is what he's got to do. And I mean, I remember that happened against. I know Jerry Gantano did that against. I think it was Kentucky back in 2020. Just sort of an RBO. I mean, it's it's you just can't have that mistake. I mean. Um, you know, yeah, if you get called for holding and it's back haul, call, that's one thing. But you just can't do that. The fumble that Jalen Wright had, that was a big, big moment in the game because you're, you're getting points there. And, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's hard to find anything that went well for Tennessee in this game. And, I mean, even Charles Campbell misses a meaningless kick at the end. That's just kind of how, how the night went.
2: Yeah, on that play, I think Tennessee would – if Tennessee had punched that thing in uh, and it had been first and goal at the five and Tennessee had actually scored, <coughs> it would have been a one-possession game going into the fourth quarter. Like if that had been if that because that was late in the third quarter. Yeah, it was twenty two seven. That, that was twenty I always say
1: when you're when you're if you're within two scores, you're, you're in, in the, the game. game. You're in the game because you're one play from me and one play away.
2: And I think there are several times in this game, there are several decisions made by officials in this game that I would like to question, and I still will to some extent. But when you do some of the things Tennessee did in this game, it's like I can't even go there, man. I can't. Like I can't go there because. I do not want to take anything away from Missouri. I absolutely don't. This, that same team went to Sanford Stadium and scared the hell out of Georgia seven days ago. I don't want to say it's a bad team. My point was, if you are Tennessee and you want to be Tennessee and you want people to think of you as actually being Tennessee again, you don't go on the road here and have this happen. You don't. And, and there's when you're playing for championships – when you want to compete for championships, the amount of focus and effort and determination every single day have to be there. There is such a fine line. And I'll, let's expand on that a little bit. We're slightly overdue for a break because of our voices. We're not going to be able to talk for very long on this episode. So we're going to go ahead and go to break. Come right back here in just one second discuss more of this after some products, services, in-house ads, etc. here on the Go 24-7 podcast. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's
0: thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites.
2: Welcome back to the Go Vols 24-7 podcast brought to you by whatever products, services, and in-house ads you just heard a moment ago during that <clears throat> commercial break. West Rucker and Patrick Brown coming to you from Farrell Field here in Columbia, Missouri, where Tennessee wore one right between the eyes, 36-7. The uh, 14th or 13th-ranked Vols dropped a uh, pretty nasty one to the, to the 14th-ranked Tigers, and Tennessee has now dropped out of the SEC East race. So the SEC East champion will be the Georgia Bulldogs. There is no doubt about that now and those Georgia Bulldogs are coming to Neyland Stadium next week. So the best Tennessee can do at this point is, um, I guess, pee in Georgia's cornflakes a little bit. That's the best that can come out of this thing now. Uh, we got a lot more to discuss about this game, and we will do that. Just after a quick request from our end, please go out there and rate and review and subscribe to this podcast. If you're just listening on the website, GoVols247.com. Nothing wrong with that. There is no wrong way to consume this podcast. Helps us out a lot more, though, if you go into Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeart, TuneIn, Stitcher. Anywhere in the world you can cast the fine pod, you can find this GoBalls 24-7 podcast. We do this for free. We're happy to do it. No complaints. But since we're doing it for free, I don't think it's too much to ask to go in there, rate, review, subscribe, and tell your friends. I don't know how many people are going to be wearing orange on Sunday, maybe, maybe a few less than we were wearing it Saturday night, but if you see people out there wearing orange, tell them about this podcast. If you're already doing that stuff, thank you. We love you. If not— I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Okay, picking up where we left off, Pat. I, my, my point at the end of that first segment was that if you're Tennessee and you want to be the program that you have been for a lot of your existence, right, which is a good program— that is usually in the mix and occasionally competing for and winning championships. If you, want to, if you want to be at that level, you cannot play this way in November. Under no circumstances, the line that you have to play with, imagine, if you will, like the, the Georges and Bamas of the world, the amount of <coughs> effort that they get from everyone that they play on a weekly basis. They have a target on them. And they know, or they have learned by now, that if your attention, your focus, your drive slips just a tiny little bit, you're going to lose. And if if it loses, if it really spirals, you're going to get embarrassed. It can happen to you. If you look at Georgia and Bama, when they were kind of coming their way back up as programs, they had moments like this where, you know, they they thought they were there a little bit, and, and they weren't. And they had to push and push and push. Tennessee the mindset in that building and, and I don't it obviously starts at the top with everybody no, no one can can excuse anything here but the line is so thin the margins are so fine at this level that if you go out there and play a stupid game like this, you're gonna get a stupid prize every time and until they understand that and and make changes in that way, this is going to keep happening.
1: I think. Well I mean, yeah, I'm again. I'm always trying to not hit the every game as a referendum on the state of the program yeah, and all that. Yeah, no, that, that's not what I mean. Um, and I apologize if I am misconstruing what you're saying, but I mean, yeah, I mean, Tennessee played played terrible tonight. They got what they deserved because um, they didn't play good. They did everything wrong that gets you beat this bad. I mean, uh, that's really <clears throat> that that's really the the. Summarizing what we just witnessed here at the stadium is that Tennessee played so badly that it deserved a 30, 36 7 loss. Um, you know, how do they bounce back? We got to see. What changes do they make? I mean, they at this point in the season, teams are what they are. You know, we knew this team has some limitations. Um, you know, this offense has had some bad games this season. They've had some very un Josh Hypo like games. Why is that? Is it the offensive line? Is it the quarterback? You know, is it all these things? And, um, yeah I mean as a program we said going into the season that if Tennessee wants to take the next step we said this I think last year last November when they went on the road twice and lost said for the next step for this program I mean is to is to play better on the road and they haven't done it you know they did in Kentucky and uh, you know we all that we all know how that series goes and Missouri's a better team than Kentucky this season so Alabama went into Kentucky didn't have much trouble so um, yeah like I said I mean Missouri's a you know, this is a good Missouri team but uh it's another lesson like you said that if you don't play right if you do the kind of things that will get you beat when you do that against you know you can make some of these mistakes if you're playing UConn and and be fine but if you're making these mistakes against good teams I mean a team like Missouri who's probably going to go 10 and 2 now is you get what you deserve And, and yeah I mean they have to find ways to avoid uh these meltdowns on the road because last season it was you know you, you kind of get buried in on the, you know you kind of get stage fried in that georgia game that's that's understandable you're number one they're the defending champs they were pissed off about it clearly um you know you go to you go to south carolina and it, it gets away from you and you you can't hold the snowball and that's that's how these road games have been this season it is you know it was 20 nothing against florida in the second quarter it's 27 nothing for alabama in the second half this one was i think 23 nothing. um and tennessee's got to find ways like you said to play better on the road and you, you know when you make mistakes uh like this in, in other people's stadiums it gets the other team energized it gets the crowd energized you have to find ways to counter that and Tennessee has done that this season and they're not going to get a chance to to prove that they're different I don't you know we don't know what the schedule is going to be next season but you know they, they've got to find a way to play better on the road I mean that's the difference in being a eight eight and four kind of program and, and you know a ten and two kind of program and being a, a one that's going to compete at the top of the SEC and um, you know, that, that, that's a big takeaway from this game, but, uh, we're not going to get an answer for it for almost a year.
2: No, we're not. And I guess my point there was, I, I, I think last season led a lot of people, including a lot of people, I myself included into thinking, you know what, maybe this rebuild is so far ahead well, of schedule I, I, that, 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 hey, they're just back now. And, and this season... Has been the reality check in that way. I think it has been. It has been absolutely a reality check to say, you know what?
1: I don't know if it's a reality check. I just think it's, we can clearly say what has been evident all season, that this team is not anywhere as good as last season was.
2: No, it's not. And there were a special, there was a special combination of players, especially on that offense, that
1: covered up a lot of mistakes, covered up a
2: lot of warts. And I I think to, to the point there, I'll say this about Milton. If it had just been a three quarter football game today, I would have not had much bad to say about his performance. He was, what, at one point in that game he was 14 for 17 and two of the three incompletions I think might have been drops and made a lot of plays that kept Tennessee in that game. Made some big-time plays, some plays on the run. Uh, He made mostly really good decisions. And then the fourth quarter happened and you go, well, I I just can't say that now because look what happened in the fourth quarter. Like, it's not that that fumble – is on Milton. That pick, obviously, pretty sure, that's on Milton. So, I, he's not near the top of the list for me in terms of things that were not good in this game. But because of the stuff he did in the fourth quarter, sure, he gets added to the list because it, when it, when push came to shove, he wasn't good enough. Um, but I, I just think that's...
1: I, I don't know why they didn't play Nico late in the game.
2: I think what, do you have to lose? What do you
1: have to lose at 36-7? Maybe you didn't want Milton to go out there, you know, have him walk off the field as last throw Been that pick six. I don't know, but... I I I don't I don't get it. Uh, it would have seemed like good experience. Maybe you were worried that Missouri was still playing hard and you want to get him hurt. I don't know, but Mizzou was let get out there hard. The Mizzou,
2: tried, Mizzou tried a little bit to add to that. And I don't blame Mizzou because of what Tennessee did the past couple right. years. Yeah,
1: what goes it, around, comes around.
2: Yeah, you, you can't I mean you know, turnabouts fair play there. But I I just think th- this is I don't think too much should be made of this, but I don't think it can be glossed over either. This was a very 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 bad day for Tennessee it was one of those days where when Tennessee fans who I don't think were crazy to say some of the things they said about when's this program going to get respect again when's it really going to get respect again well don't do crap like this and you'll get that respect this is I don't
1: know if anybody's asking that question everybody's too mad to care about respect right now I mean they're kind of eating their own which is fair it's a fair reaction because again they played horrible um, but all, you know all this, uh, some the overreaction of the sport is always what it makes it so context, great.
2: It, but I think it adds context to what the discussion has been, which is that Tennessee, there's still not just one step, but a few more steps to climb up on. Well, that this ladder, is, and this, this is, is a reminder.
1: Yeah, this is a reminder of okay, where do you need to get better moving forward? I mean, you're gonna you're gonna add this game to the entire scope of the season when you're evaluating the state of this program. And you're going to say, okay, we need to get better here. And where do we have guys that are coming up through, the, through our own program that we're developing that are going to help us be better? And where do we need to go get other guys? You know, through the transfer portal. That's, that's, the, that's what these games are like. I mean, yeah, if Georgia goes out and scores 55 on Tennessee next week, then you might have some answers, some questions to answer about the, about the state of the defense and the defensive staff. We all know William Martinez is in the last year of his deal. We all that, That's not secret knowledge at this point. Um, and, and so, you know, everybody wants, you know, everybody wants the, the head on a stick after a game like this. And, you know, I'm, I'm trying not to overreact that way. But if, you know, if this becomes a trend, then, yeah, that, that's going to become part of the evaluation that Josh apple has got to make after the season. But, um, yeah, you, you, you know, again, is this going to be just a bad day at the office against a, a team that's pretty good? and a lesson to learn moving forward, or is it going to be a, a sign of deeper trouble? We just don't know yet. No, we um, don't. And, and I think something else, you know, every team is different, right? I mean, this is clearly a team with a different identity. Sometimes that's been for the positive, positive. other times it's been for the negative. Today it was for the negative, and, and each of these losses that Tennessee's had, their inability to score points and finish drives has been an issue. Um, and, and, you know, their defense has, you know, been an issue at times could get off the field in the first half in the, in the Florida game. Florida was able to control the clock. It felt a lot like that in the first half and, and moving on in the second half of this game. You know, they couldn't couldn't make plays against Alabama in the second half. So, you know, it, it's, you know, it, it's going to come at the end of the season because, I mean, look, look, nobody wants to hear this, but when the team gets home, Tomorrow they're gonna to look at this film, staff's gonna watch it, they're gonna go over it, they're gonna make corrections, they're gonna be on to Georgia.
2: Because you're playing you're playing be, Georgia and you're right, your fans ready to will be play. probably
1: complaining all week and that's fine. you know, that's something that Josh Havel talks about a lot, is that, you know, for fans, whether it's good or bad, you can talk about the last one all week. But for the team, they gotta move on, they got a game and, and, you know, to get ready for. And it's Georgia, you know, they they all their focus is gonna be on that, probably as early as tomorrow morning. That's just the nature of, of the sport. But at the end of the season, when you evaluate everything in full and, and this game is certainly going to change the narrative because if you win this game at Tennessee you're looking at you got a free shot at Georgia next week and then even if you lose that you got a chance to go nine and three and maybe win ten now you're looking likely at eight and four and you know we'll we'll discuss the bowl possibilities when we get down the road but um, eight and four is a lot different than a ten win season I mean let's just be honest and yeah. is eight and four a bad season not necessarily is it a great season yeah. no it's not where Tennessee wants to be and it's uh, it's not where this program, particularly after they got the taste right. That's for players. That's for coaches. That's for fans. Yeah, it, got the it, taste it, of being. It, it
2: might be par, but it feels like a bogey. It might really be par, but it. No, feel, I, I, I think don't. it feels a little bit like a bogey because I, of I think this it'll.
1: Performance. I, yeah, well, if you throw the Florida and Alabama games in there, and and those are games that were you can winnable. You still
2: salvage to go ten, and at that point, you're thinking it's disappointing, but it's at least par. Well, like I think if you win ten games
1: these days, you're, you've done. A, you've had a great season. Yeah. I mean, that's that's just my opinion. Um, you know, and, and that's maybe a discussion for the off season about what is a quote unquote good season. But a four is not going to be the end of the world, but it, it, it's it's going to be a letdown. I think that's fair. I mean, because everybody got a taste of what it was like to be in in the mix for things and, and on the cusp of things even last season, and, um, and and now you're not, and you're having games like this that, that are that are going to be, you know, we'll, again, we'll see how big it becomes in the in the scheme of things if you know for what this program wants to do.
2: We will see, and we'll have a full week to uh, to go over all that. We'll we'll have some bones to pick over for this one. On Monday, we'll we'll also have uh, some obviously several points of discussion about Georgia moving forward uh, next week. We'll also have basketball to discuss. There's there's a lot of stuff going on right now. Hey, basketball undefeated, right, guys? Tennessee basketball undefeated. It's basketball season, right? And until that team loses a couple games, and then it's baseball season, and then. Uh, it, it, this is sort of the championship or bust mentality that exists for better or for worse it's there uh, what we know now pat this is not a championship season for tennessee we know that for certain so tennessee will now uh, finish out this run here see where things are evaluate it in the offseason try to take a step forward because it's been a little step backward this season it's just it is what it is right
1: yeah today was a rough day and uh, there's no sugarcoating it and tennessee's got a Come back and be a better next week. See what we, happens.
2: We'll, we'll go back as a, as, a, as a website, too, and try to clean up the performances, try to clean up our voices uh, for the next podcast, get it back to normal, and uh, we'll see where things are then. So for all those still listening, appreciate it. I know it's not been a fun game for you all to uh, discuss. Uh, so, And it's not a call-in show where you can call in and yell either. You just have to kind of listen to us talk. So – uh, we got through it. We'll have more to discuss here in a couple days, and we'll, we'll we'll make more sense of this or try to, and then we'll move forward to Georgia. So for uh, for Patrick and for me, I guess we'll sign off now. Thanks, Pat.
1: Thanks, Wes. Let's hit the road.
2: There's that button. And now I can say thank you for listening to this edition of the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. We always say that, but we always mean it. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. You can find all of us on social media. I'm Westrucker 24 7 on Twitter. Ben McKee is Ben McKee 14 on Twitter. Ryan Callahan is Ryan Callahan 24 7 on Twitter. And Patrick Brown is P Brown 24 7 For less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month. That is all that it costs. And that's after a quick free trial... And once you pay us that reasonable rate, which is, again, less than one mediocre lunch per month, you get access in perpetuity to Paramount Plus, uh, which is an excellent, growing behemoth of a streaming arm there with us here at CBS, Paramount, Viacom, etc. You get every show CBS has ever made commercial-free. You get new movies. You get classic movies that rotate in every single month. Uh, You also get just tons of original content, tons of great original Paramount Plus content. And you also uh, get access to the vaults of uh, Nickelodeon, uh, Smithsonian, uh, MTV, BET, Comedy Central, something for the entire family. All of that, all of that for less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month. That—that That is so much stuff, so much stuff. That's a bunch of stuff, less than one lunch a month. That's all that it costs. So go to govaults 247com